It's the Y'all Show, back for another week of programming that fulfills your desire to know what's going on across the Southeast. If you did not have that desire, I bet you you do now, because I just told you about it. My name is John Rawl. I am the general of all things Southern. They call me General John, and I appreciate y'all joining us on great radio stations across the Southeast as we get you ready for three hours of info on Dixie. Coming up on this Y'all Show, we've got a look at headlines And those headlines include some sad, sad deaths from the heroes of law enforcement. We've lost several members of law enforcement over the last few days. I'll let you know the names and the sad stories of how these heroes in blue lost their lives. That is coming up in just a second. Also in our headlines today as we walk across the news of the Southland. An update from South Carolina on the disgraced attorney, Alex Murdoch, as this story continues to get more and more eyeballs, people paying attention to this unraveling by the hour, it almost seems, story out of the Carolina Low Country about this former solicitor, and now he is back in South Carolina, Alex Murdoch, after being arrested where he was in Florida. Bill Clinton in the news. He was in the hospital. He's out of the hospital and back in his upstate, or it's really not that far upstate. It's almost in New York. I guess it's right up the river, right up the Hudson River. Bill Clinton back at home in New York after being hospitalized in California for a few days. The First Lady of the United States, Jill Biden, made a surprise appearance to West Columbia, South Carolina on Sunday where she went there to be alongside her prayer partner. I'll fill you in on that info. Stacey Abrams, the Georgia contestant for governor who ended up losing and became maybe the number one person to help generate thousands of new voters in places like Georgia. Stacey Abrams over the weekend in Virginia campaigning for Terry McAuliffe in his bid to become the next governor of Virginia. Although he's been governor of Virginia before, he wants to get reelected. I'll let you know where she was. I'll let you know some thoughts about Stacey Abrams and her campaign style from the weekend. Also, we'll tell you in our headlines across the Southeast today about how educators in Alabama unveiled a monument over the weekend for those lost to COVID-19. As Alabama, like many states, saw educators over the last year, year and a half, lose their lives to the coronavirus and a monument now recognizing the dozens of educators and those involved with the education system of Alabama. And it's now put up to honor those left behind of COVID-19 deaths of teachers and administrators and more. This unveiled in Montgomery over the weekend. Also speaking of teachers, there's a teacher from South Carolina that did something really stupid a 27-year-old teacher, is now in jail after she arrest, was arrested after a student picked up a packet of marijuana edibles from her elementary school classroom. <laughs> we'll tell you about this bizarre story out of the Palmetto State. Also, Pat Sajak selling his Annapolis, Maryland radio station. What's going on with WNAV 1430 on your AM dial? I'll let you know in our radio classifieds today, plus in our headlines today, more Superman news as the motto of Superman is changing and I'll tell you what it's changing to. 
Today on our headlines, we have those news headlines. We have some sports headlines also coming up here on this getting the week started of the y'all show. What a bizarre, exciting couple of games it's been so far in the National League Championship Series. The Atlanta Braves take a 2-0 series lead with two walk-offs, including Sunday's thrilling bottom of the ninth walk-off win at Truist Park. We'll fill you in on the Braves and their quest to get to their first World Series in about 22 years. I'll let you know about that. Plus, it was also kind of a thrilling day in the National Football League Sunday. A bunch of games going to overtime, a couple of walk-offs in overtime, including the Vikings winning, the Cowboys winning, and late Sunday, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers with a walk-off win in overtime. I'll fill you in on all of Sunday's action of the NFL. Plus, this first hour, we'll tell you about what's going on in college football, some news from LSU from the weekend, big news, coaching change news. We'll let you know about that and fill you in on the top 25, the new poll that's just come out for college football. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. And here in this first hour, we've got a look at Southern history. And we'll fill you in on this date in history. And this is a big date in history. I'm not sure why we don't have this date marked as a potential national holiday. Because it was in Yorktown, Virginia this week in 1781. That would be, my friends, 240 years ago that Cornwallis surrendered. And that wrapped up the fighting of the American Revolution. And that was kind of an Independence Day right there with the victory over the most powerful country in the world. And it was in Yorktown, Virginia, 240 years ago today that American patriots got that battle and won that battle in the American Revolution. We'll let you know about that. Also, this week, we celebrate Dizzy Gillespie's birthday. And I'll let you know more. And we'll hear some music from the native South Carolinian. That plus other great Southern history news and notes will be passing along here in the first hour of our y'all show today. Coming up in hour number two, our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short, is going to be right back here. And we're going to have some fun catching up with him and see what he's got to talk about. Also, hour number two, we've got a Southern accent on Southern food. Our final hour today, we'll have more sports headlines to get passed along to you. And then... How about this article found at KARK.com? It's an article titled one in three, one in three men would give up watching football to get rid of their belly fat. Is this true? Are you one of those men willing to give up watching football to get a few pounds off your, your belly? We'll discuss that article coming up in hour number three, that plus more headlines and a preview of what is ahead this entire week on the show that covers everything Southern. If you want to get involved with the y'all show, our text lines are open and that number is 803-816-1170. You're welcome to hit us up anytime you have a free moment. We want to hear from you. If you got a question, comment, criticism, praise, it don't matter. 803-816-1170. We're available on great radio stations across the South. We're available in podcast form across the Southeast, courtesy of Spotify, Stitcher. Also, we're on the Apple Podcast app, on the TuneIn app, and iHeartRadio app. All that right there. And and we're also on, I think, did I say TuneIn app? 
iHeartRadio. Got a couple of different ones. I got to make sure we got you covered. Oh, we're also at y'all.com, the South's homepage. Go check out the y'all show tab there. Go check out period the y'all show and y'all the, the website, the homepage of the South is y'all.com. Looking at headlines here to start out the hour and sad news from law enforcement. We've had several passages of law enforcement officers to tell you about. First off in Houston, a man with an AR 15 style rifle ambushed three constable deputies outside a bar in Houston early on Saturday. And that incident leaves behind one constable dead, two others wounded authorities detained the person near the scene, but it is not believed to be the shooter. According to Houston's police department, the constable deputies were working extra security jobs at the 45 Norte sports bar when two of them responded to a witness's report of a suspected robbery outside the business. Early Saturday, 2.15 a.m. was the time two deputies were trying to arrest someone when another person ambushed them, according to a statement posted on the constable's Facebook page. That man had an AR-15-style rifle, ended up opening fire on them. A third deputy was shot, and one of those deputies who were among the first to respond Kareem Atkins died from the wounds suffered that according to the constable's office in Houston, Texas, but this deputy killed two others wounded in an ambush over the weekend at a Houston, Texas bar. Sad news out of North Carolina officer Ryan, Ryan Hayworth, a 23 year old who'd only been on the job a couple of months. He was killed by a drunk driver. As he was on patrol, this drunk driver plowed into his cruiser and this army veteran, 23 year old, the son of a retired local chief in that area of North Carolina, Nightdale, North Carolina police officer killed in the line of duty. When this alleged drunk driver plowed into him and his partner there in the cruiser, as they were responding to a separate accident along the highway early on Sunday morning. And this officer killed on Interstate 540, the 23-year-old was the eldest son of retired Zebulon, North Carolina Police Chief Timothy Hayworth. Officers are investigating a single in- incident there on I-540 when the cruiser was struck behind by another car in the eastbound lanes near mile marker 22. And unfortunately, Hayworth died. His training officer, Cody Hagler, transported to Wake Medical Center in Raleigh for injuries police said were not life-threatening. The motorist involved in the earlier accident and the driver of the suspect vehicle were also seriously injured, according to reports out of North Carolina. But a real hard story of North Carolina as this Nightdale Police Department loses a officer just kind of in training, just on the force, Officer Ryan Hayworth. Nightdale, North Carolina. A Louisiana trooper has had a funeral after being killed earlier in the month. October 9th was the date, sadly, that this 19-year Louisiana State Police veteran died while on patrol. Master Trooper Adam Gobert, a funeral held for him over the weekend. And this Louisiana State Police officer Again, being honored as hundreds of law enforcement officers gathered over the weekend to honor him. And that included a motorcade. He was killed October 9th 
in a park patrol unit after working a crash scene in Ascension Parish. Gobert was one of the victims in a series of shootings that authorities attributed to a man captured that same night. And over the weekend, he was laid to rest. Lastly, another man in blue, another officer in blue, loses his life. This officer was off-duty in Panola County, Mississippi, around Batesville. And a officer with the Sardis Mississippi Police Office, that would be Officer Courtney Pride, lost his life in a car wreck while off-duty. The Panola County Sheriff's Office had a post on Facebook that their thoughts and prayers are with the Pride family on the loss of this Sardis Mississippi police officer. Sardis is in Panola County, Mississippi, and this what appears to be a young officer killed in a off-duty wreck. Our thoughts with the sheriff's office there and the police force of Sardis, Mississippi. Now, an Alex Murdoch update, just what you've always wanted. This is that crazy case out of South Carolina that has headlines changing and evolving <laughs> with each passing hour. The latest on Murdoch, he's now been booked in Columbia, South Carolina after being detained, after being arrested in Florida as he was down there. And now he's back in the South Carolina area. He arrived over the weekend to the Alvin S. Glenn Detention Center in Richland County in South Carolina. After waiving an extradition hearing in Florida, his attorney, Dick Harputlian, has said that Mardell intended to return to his native South Carolina voluntarily after acknowledging that he will likely face prison time. Now, among the warrants made public over the weekend, he's been charged with two counts of obtaining property by false pretenses. Those are in connection with the estate of Gloria Satterfield, who was a housekeeper for him. She worked at his home until her death in 2018. Now, this woman allegedly fell at home that a fall that where her head was struck, and she died 24 days later. But the crazy thing was that Alex Murdoch got the roughly half million dollars, but his the Satterfield survivors were never told about that money going to Alex Murdoch. Hmm. Rather strange. Everybody gets their day in court. We'll find out where this one leads. Bill Clinton back in upstate New York after being in the hospital for a few days in California as he was at the hospital at the University of California Irvine Medical Center. And on Sunday, he left that hospital to go back to Chappaqua. I believe that's the community north of New York City that he lives along with his lovely bride, Hillary. And on Sunday, he and Hillary got him out of, I guess she helped him get out of the hospital as he had been in the hospital recovering from an infection that left him in treatment for six days at this Southern California hospital. It was not COVID. The 75-year-old was admitted Tuesday of last week and, again, is back now resting at his Chappaqua, New York residence after several days in the hospital. The First Lady of the United States made a surprise appearance over the weekend to West Columbia, South Carolina. She showed up there to support the wife, of Pastor Charles B. Jackson Sr. He is the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church there in West Columbia. And she was there to see the reverend as he celebrated 50 years, I guess, pastoring for that church in South Carolina. But also her prayer partner is Reverend Charles B. Jackson's wife, Robin Jackson. 
and Jill Biden got to know him a few years ago and know his wife, Robin, after the Bidens went in there to that big congregation in South Carolina on the campaign trail. And they struck up a friendship and she decided to go on her own unannounced, by the way, Sunday to show up at the church in South Carolina for this 50th anniversary celebration, if you will. Stacey Abrams, she is campaigning in churches. She was not in the churches of Georgia, but in Virginia, she was in Norfolk on Sunday campaigning for Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe. And he's trying to get elected once again to be the governor of Virginia. Stacey Abrams of Georgia was at the Second Calvary Baptist Church and Faith Deliverance Christian Center as they let Stacey Abrams come in there and pastor, or I guess not pastor, preach. I guess she's preaching about how good Terry McAuliffe is. You know, something I thought I read once, you're not supposed to mix religion and politics, and you're not supposed to do it in the pulpit. But This sure seems pretty commonplace in some of these cases on the Democratic side, does it Does it not? Yeah, she goes around and, and McAuliffe to different churches campaigning where I thought you're not supposed to mix modern stuff like politics into the pulpit, but they do it. And, uh, I guess that's where they find lots of votes, I guess. In Alabama, they have unveiled a new monument to educators lost to COVID. This went up over the weekend on the grounds of the Alabama Association of School Board Offices in Montgomery. And on this monument, it recognizes the 55 names thus far who've died of people in Alabama that have either been teachers or school employees or administrators. And this now up to memorialize that in Alabama. The sign there says, in remembrance of the dedicated Alabama school board members, educators, and school staff lost to COVID-19, may their memory live on through all whose lives they touched. This similar recognition likely to go on at educators' offices across the Southeast. Now, coming up later in the show, I'm going to tell you how an elementary school teacher in South Carolina is in the news for something she gave a student, a reward, but it's a reward that's going to cost her her job and put her in jail. We'll tell you about that as we continue on with our headlines on this, the y'all show coming up though, we're going to take a break from the news headlines and we're going to switch over to tell you about major league baseball's postseason. A big, big win on Sunday for the Atlanta Braves. They've got a 2-0 lead in their series against the Dodgers. Also, we'll let you know what's going on in the ALCS between the Boston Red Sox and what they've got going on in the series they got with the Houston Texans, rather the Houston Astros. Speaking of Texans, I'll let you know about the NFL and the games played Sunday. Some thrilling finishes. All that ahead. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
We've got some college news and notes in the next segment here as we take some time to fill you in on what's been going on sports-wise across the Southeast. In this segment, we're going to talk some Major League Baseball, but up first, we're going to talk some National Football League action from Sunday. What some, some thrilling, thrilling games. If you didn't have a chance to tune in and see them, go back. I know YouTube has a great option for you to see some of the games they kind of trim them down to about six or seven minutes worth of highlights and well worth your time if you go find those in the next few minutes but keep listening right now i'm gonna tell you about some of the action from sunday first off the theme was overtime wins and if you watch the sunday night football game on nbc you got to see one of those thrilling overtime wins as the pittsburgh steelers Got past the Seattle Seahawks there, 23-20. What a great game. How about the incredible defensive effort for Watt, the great playmaker. He knocked the ball out of Geno Smith in overtime, and the Steelers able to kick a field goal to walk away 23-20 in overtime, winners over Seattle. The Dallas Cowboys also had an overtime walk-off as they had a long pass or a pass there in overtime to get the 35-29 win over the New England Patriots. I think that's the first win Dallas has had in Foxborough since the 1980s. I think I heard that right. Dak Prescott and company with this wild OT thriller, and they improved Dallas to 5-1 and one on the season with that big win. Another big win, a surprising win, as the Las Vegas Raiders have an interim coach, and they had a lot of controversy during the week with the dismissal of John Gruden. Derek Carr throws for 341 yards and two TDs, and his Vegas Raiders went on the road in the Mile High City against the Denver Broncos, 34-24. Vegas improves to 4-2 and on the year. The best team in all of the NFL right now, the Arizona Cardinals. They go to Cleveland, and... Baker Mayfield and company go down to Kyler Murray, the other Oklahoma Sooner Heisman winner and more. And the Cardinals win 37-14. It wasn't even that close when it mattered. And Arizona gets the victory over Cleveland. AZ now 6-0. The Browns sink to 3-3. The Ravens made the Chargers look like amateur night in Dixie. The Ravens win big over L.A., 34-6. to And with that victory, the Ravens improve their standings to 5-1. and Chargers go to 4-2. and Another OT win, another walk-off OT win. This at Bank of America Stadium, skull. The Minnesota Vikings get the victory over the Carolina Panthers, 34-28. If you saw this game, the Panthers really trailed a lot of that second half but found a way to get a tying score, or they got the, the almost tying score. Then they went for two and got the tying two-point conversion to send it into overtime. So many of the Panthers receivers were dropping the ball, and but they found a way to get the OT. But in the end, it was the Vikings and Kirk Cousins getting the big 34-28 win in uptown Charlotte. 
Kansas City went on the road, and Patrick Mahomes, despite a few turnovers on his part, he rallies the troops, especially in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs get the victory over the Washington football team and their glorious throwback unis, 31-13. The L.A. Rams packed their bags, went to New York City, and they took on their NFC foe from the Big Apple, the New York Giants hosting the Rams, and it wasn't pretty for the home team. 38-11, the L.A. Rams and Matthew Stafford and company looking mighty good. L.A. improves to 5-1 and one on the series. The G-Men dropped to 1-5. and five. The Indianapolis Colts hosted the Houston Texans. They throttled the men from the Space City 31-3 on Sunday. Joe Burrow and the Bengals with an easy win on the road at Detroit 34-11. Cincinnati wins. Detroit now is 0-6. The Green Bay Packers won in, mo- in, in, the, in midway as they go to Chicago's Soldier Field and win by 10, 24-14. Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers now are 5-1 on the season. Bears dropped a 3-3. Congratulations to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They pick up their first win of 2021, Urban Meyer's first win as a NFL coach. They had to win this one all the way in London, but it counts 23-20 walk-off win there just before the end of regula- end of regulation. And Jacksonville with the 23-20 victory over the struggling Miami Dolphins. Miami now has the same record as the Jags, 1-5. and five. Thank goodness the Buccaneers represent the best of the Sunshine State because the other two representatives in Florida not looking good these days. Your Monday night football game for this week is The Bills will be in the Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans from Nissan Stadium. Now to Major League Baseball and two thrilling wins for the Atlanta Braves in the NLCS. And they got a walk-off win thanks to Austin Riley on Saturday night. Yeah, And then on Sunday night, what a thrilling walk-off as Eddie Rosario, the Puerto Rican, had a bottom-of-the-ninth win a nice liner right up the middle, just past the pitcher, just past the second baseman. Goes in the outfield, and Vanderbilt alum Dansby Swanson slides in, or in this case, I think he actually walked in, or more likely he ran in, but it wasn't even that close of a play at the plate. And the Braves get the second win in the NLCS. They have a 2-0 series lead over the L.A. Dodgers, as the Braves now two wins away from a World Series appearance. But this series shifts to the left coast, to Hollywood. And therefore, it's going to be tough to get any kind of victories there in Shea Ravine as they begin their NLCS fight in Los Angeles. And they start that on on Tuesday. It's a travel day today for the NL clubs. The American League gets back up and going as they have a resumption of their series. The Houston Astros will be at Fenway. And the first pitch in this one set for this evening on FS1. You can tune in at 8.08 Eastern, 7.08 Central. It's the Houston Astros, Jose Ugridi on the mound against the Red Sox's Eduardo Rodriguez. And that, again, taking place from the Green Monster in Fidway. Game number three as this series in the American League is all tied up at one game apiece. We're going to switch over and talk a little college football Information out of Baton Rouge, big, big news out of Baton Rouge from the weekend. We'll fill you in on that. Plus, the AP Top 25 poll is out, 
and some big movement there, some surprising some movements there in the top five. I'll fill you in on all the details when the Y'all Show Monday edition continues after this break. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. The Georgia Bulldogs, unanimous. They are the number one team, according to all of the top number one votes in the Associated Press's brand new poll. Way to go, dogs. John Rawl, back here with a little college sports news here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm going to fill you in on that poll in a second, but first, some big news out of the SEC It's been announced that Ed Orgeron of LSU will not be returning as the Bayou Bengals football coach in 2022. As the athletic director at LSU says, it's just time for a new direction. And so Ed Orgeron will still get paid the remaining $16.95 million that's left on his contract. He'll get paid that to not coach. He's going to evidently fill out the rest of the season. The Tigers right now are four and three. They evidently will not have a chance to play for a national championship, but the way things are going, LSU could still possibly get a chance to play in the SEC championship. I mean, we don't know if they knock off Alabama and they look mighty impressive this last weekend, knocking off number 20 Florida as they improved to four and three after that big win over the Gators and the Louisiana native Ed Orgeron is being asked to not come back just what 19 months after he led LSU to a 15 and 0 record and the 2019 national championship. And they've all soured on each other evidently. And Orgeron is leaving Baton Rouge at the end of the season. And LSU now begins a search for its newest coach. We're going to talk to Jerry Short, our Takapola storyteller, about all this as he's had a chance to talk to Ed Orgeron through the years. He's been to a million LSU football games through the years, and we will find out what's going on with Ed Orgeron, and will he coach again? We'll get the Takapola storyteller's take on all this when he joins us in the second hour of today's Y'all Show. Now some news out of Columbia, South Carolina. It appears Luke Doty re-injured a foot of his, the foot that cost him a couple of games in the first part of the Gamecocks schedule. And that injury ended up having a guy named Zeb Nolan become, instead of a graduate assistant, he turned in his his, uh, clipboard and his whistle to go be a quarterback again, the graduate transfer, Zeb Nolan. 
ended up coming in on Saturday night at williams Bryce Stadium and, and leading the Gamecocks on the final drive to a victory over Vanderbilt, a very, very closer-than-you'd-expect Gamecock 21-20 victory over the Commodores. And now it's been announced that Zeb Nolan, who once quarterbacked Iowa State, once quarterbacked North Dakota State, he's going to make his fourth start of the season when the Gamecocks, who are 4-3, and 1-2 and two in SEC play, when they go take on the Texas A&M Aggies this coming week. Nolan came in on that final drive and led them on a 75-yard scoring drive when he had a pass to Xavier Leggett that went good for with 37 seconds left, good enough to give the Gamecocks that big win, a win that snapped a nine-game losing streak for the Gamecocks against SEC opponents. That's pretty bad. That's real bad. I guess, would that go back to whenever they played Vanderbilt in 2020? Must have been their last victory. The Gamecocks owe Vanderbilt at least a thank you note. I'll give you the address if you need it there, Shane Beamer. Again, Zeb Nolan going to come back in and be the starting QB for the Garnet and Black this weekend in Aggieland. Now the latest top 25 poll is out. Georgia with all 63 first place votes. They're number one. Cincinnati's number two. What a big shocker there. They're on top of Oklahoma at three and Alabama in the fourth position of the AP poll. Ohio State's at number five. The Michigan Wolverines have not lost a game. The Wolverines are ranked number six. Penn State has stayed still this week. They're at number seven. Congratulations to the Pokes of Oklahoma State. They went to Austin over the weekend and beat Texas. OSU is number eight. The number nine team in the country, the Michigan State Wolverines, they are perfect at 7-0. and The Oregon Ducks, 5-1 and after that defeat to Oregon, or rather to Stanford a few weeks ago. Oregon still in the top 10, ranked number 10. The Iowa Hawkeyes got pummeled by Purdue, and as a result, they dropped down nine spots. The Hawkeyes are number 11. Mississippi escaped the flying debris at Neyland Stadium, of which Tennessee should get a heavy fine. Don't know if that's going to happen, but it should. Mississippi ranked number 12 in the latest AP poll. Notre Dame is number 13. The Coastal Carolina Chanticleers are ranked number 14. They move up a spot this week in the AP poll. The Kentucky Wildcats, after losing to Georgia, sink a few spots. They're number 15. Congratulations to Wake Forest. They're 6-0, and they're ranked number 16. The Aggies of Texas A&M went on the road this past weekend and beat Mizzou. Aggies move up four spots. They're number 17 in the latest AP poll. The NC State Wolfpack are 18, pack 5-1. and one. They moved up four spots this week. The Auburn Tigers had a big win in the Ozarks. They are number 19. They got a big game here coming up soon. We'll tell you about it as we go throughout the week of the Y'all Show. The Baylor Bears, they're in the poll, back into the poll, ranked number 20 as they had a big win over BYU over the weekend. Congratulations to SMU. They now enter the poll at number 21. They moved up a few spots from last week. The Ponies are a perfect 6-0. The Aztecs of San Diego State are ranked number 22. The Pitt Panthers had a big win against Virginia Tech. Pitt is ranked number 23. The Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio are ranked number 24. And the Purdue Boilermakers, after beating Iowa, the 4-2 Boilers are ranked number 25. As far as the teams in the top 25 that still have no losses, Georgia, number one, 
Cincinnati, number two. Oklahoma, number three. Michigan's ranked number six. Michigan's six and oh. The Oklahoma State Sooners are six and oh and ranked number eight. The Michigan State Wolverine, Michigan State rather Spartans are seven and oh, ranked number nine. Then you go down to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. They're number 14. The Shants are six and oh. The Wake Forest Deeks are number 16 and are six and oh. And let's see here. SMU out of CUS. No, they're in the AAC. My apologies, Mustang fans. SMU is six and O and ranked number 21. San Diego state out of the mountain West is six and O ranked number 22. And the Roadrunners of CUSA UTSA is number 24 in the country. They are seven and O football time in Texas there with that kind of success there. And that's a quick look at some of the college sports goings on here. As we are on the Y'all Show, we'll have more info to pass along in our upcoming sports updates on this, the Monday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. When we return from this break, we have a look at some Southern history. It's a birthday week for the late singer from South Carolina, singer and jazz jazz man, great trumpet player, Dizzy Gillespie. That plus Yorktown, that battle, the surrender of the British happened this week in 1781. We'll tell you more about all of that when the Y'all Show continues. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Music there from 1947 from South Carolina native Dizzy Gillespie. I'm going to tell you more about the late singer slash instrumentalist, jazz trumpeter, and more as he celebrates a birthday, the great South Carolinian born this week in 1917. We'll let you know about Dizzy Gillespie. We'll also talk about a couple of vice presidents celebrating birthdays this week, including the current vice president of the United States. But here, as we talk a little Southern history to wrap up our one of the y'all show, it was this week in 1781 that British troops surrendered at Yorktown, Virginia. And that surrender 
represented a French-American victory over the British and the American Revolution as we knew it came to an end with the surrender of Lord Cornwallis's troops there in Yorktown, Virginia. And that date of this surrender, October 19, 1781, it truly ought to be something that we pay a little bit more attention to. Perhaps it should be a national holiday. Perhaps it should at least be remembered more than it is, especially as we celebrate today the one, the rather not one, the 240th anniversary of the surrender of Yorktown in 1781. Go look that up sometime. American Revolution, we are going to talk about it here on the Y'all Show as it happened in the South, it happened in this country, and Americans can all sit back today and have a nice salute of what the Americans and French did to the British and created this country 240 years ago today. Also, today marks the, or this week marks the birthday of Adelaide Stevenson, not the guy that ran for president twice against Dwight D. Eisenhower in the 1950s, but no, his grandfather, Adelaide Stevenson I, who was a native of Kentucky, born in Christian County, and he was a vice president of the United States under Grover Cleveland, as he is America's 23rd vice president, serving from 1893 to 1897, 23rd Vice President of the United States, Adlai Ewing Stevenson, a native Kentuckian who would go on and live part of his life in Illinois, and that's where most of his career was spent, But and that's where Adlai, his grandson, would represent Illinois when he would run for governor, in the or rather president, in the 1950s. Adlai Stevenson I, born October 23rd, 1835. He died in 1914. Another vice president with a birthday this week. October 20th is the birthday of Kamala Devi Harris. As she celebrates this week, she'll become 57 years old, born in Oakland, California. And this first woman, first woman vice, well, I almost said it, first woman Vice President of the United States. I'm sure Joe Biden probably has already said that she is the first woman president, the first woman, the first black American, the first Asian American to ever be a vice president. Kamala Harris with a birthday coming up on Tuesday. Also this week, we remember Dizzy Gillespie, John Burks Gillespie, born in October of 1917. He was born in Sherall, South Carolina. That is in kind of the PD area of the Palmetto State. As Dizzy Gillespie was a jazz trumpeter, band leader, educator, singer, and composer. And if you've ever seen this guy play, he died in, in 1993. I still remember the day he died. Because uh, what a name, Dizzy Gillespie. His lips, his cheeks would swell up. And I mean, it was really Kind of uh, fascinating to watch him play that jazz trumpeter. Uh, Man, Dizzy Gillespie, born this week in 1917. And just kind of a fun fact, the other day I was traveling in Andrews, South Carolina. And no, that's not the hometown of Dizzy Gillespie. That's the hometown of Chubby Checker. And Chubby Checker's still with us, thankfully. But uh, South Carolina with a couple of uh, really unique singers and musicians, Dizzy Gillespie, and 
How about Chubby Checker? And don't forget, South Carolina is also the home of since it's baseball. Since I just saw something the other day on the New York Mets of the 1980s, it's also the home state of one Mookie Wilson. Go Mets! Also, this week in 1987, it was Black Monday. That's the day that the stock market crashed, and it is a day that people who kind of follow the stock market and follow the history. Don't want to remember it and don't want to necessarily repeat it as this thing cost people a lot of money. It was October 19th of 1987, the stock market crash, Black Monday. And this week we remember that here on the the Y'all Show. Also on this week, way back when, not all that long ago, but yeah, it's been, oh, it's been just over a hundred years ago. It was this week in 1915. The word hello was spoken into a receiver in Arlington, Virginia. And that word was heard in Paris, France. The very first transatlantic radio voice message between engineers of the American telephone and telegraph company, AKA AT&T, as they sent this message over to Paris and it would change the world. And it happened. In Arlington, Virginia, October 21st, 1915. Hello. I wonder how much they had to pay for that. And AT&T has been taking the dollars from long distance calls like that. And uh, I guess they've been rightfully charging, but maybe they've done a little overcharging throughout their 106 years since that first hello that went across the pond. And that wraps up a quick look at some Southern news and notes here to wrap up our number one. When we come back, hour two is going to have the Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short, dropping by. Plus, we'll have more news and notes from across the Southeast that will be headed your way to start hour number two. So stay tuned. It's the Y'all Show powered by y'all.com. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. The second hour of our fun here, getting a week started. 
It's the Y'all Show. My name is John Rawl. You can always find the Y'all Show. We're available on social media, Facebook. Go there and find the Y'all Show. And please follow or subscribe to our page. And you'll be all on top of what's going on across the Southeast when you do just that. Got a very exciting hour here. Got our Takapola Storyteller is coming back on here in just a few minutes. It's Jerry Short. And before the hour is up, we're going to have a southern accent on good old southern food. Kobe Bennett filling in for Melissa Rhodes this week. We'll get you all of that as we progress here on this show about the South, powered by y'all.com. Let's pick up a few headlines from across the southeast here in this second hour. Alabama is going to unveil a monument to educators lost to COVID-19 state and local education officials gathering in Montgomery over the weekend to honor Alabama school board members, teachers, and school staff who've died during the COVID pandemic. This memorial, which features a bench, oak tree, and a small garden, stands on the grounds of the Alabama Association of School Board Offices. As the AASB Executive Director Sally Smith said, our school systems have experienced so much unprecedented adversity due to the pandemic the most difficult of which has been the loss of so many dedicated school employees and leaders, and we felt compelled to recognize that in a meaningful way. The organization said a school systems uh, said school st- systems in Alabama had submitted a list of 55 names, and those names read out loud on Sunday in Montgomery. The 55 people involved in education in Alabama, their names remembered with a plaque, and that plaque says, in remembrance of the dedicated Alabama school board members, educators, and school staff lost to COVID-19, may their memory live on through all whose lives they touched. And that, again, outside of the Alabama Association of School Boards offices in the state capital of Montgomery. Another story involving education, but one not so happy, one rather sad, actually. And this happened about a quarter of a mile away from the home that I grew up in in South Carolina. The closest school to my parents' house is Rocky Creek Elementary School, and Rocky Creek is in the news for the wrong reasons. And the reason that they're in the news is for a teacher that did something that she should not have done, and that's why we're wasting our time telling you about another teacher gone wrong. 27-year-old teacher Victoria Weiss faces possession of a Schedule One drug charge. She's turned herself into authorities at the Lexington County Sheriff's Department in South Carolina. This elementary school teacher was arrested after a student picked up a pack of marijuana edibles, which are illegal in South Carolina. And the reason the student got the pack of marijuana edibles, it was in a reward box in teacher Victoria Weiss's classroom. And the kid got the marijuana edibles, took them to her daycare after school, and someone at the daycare noticed that, hey, that's not candy. This is a cannabis-based product that was given out in this reward box, and this Rocky Creek Elementary School teacher, Victoria Weiss, the 27-year-old teacher, now facing possession of a Schedule I drug charge and no longer teaching in the Lexington District 1 system. The county sheriff, Jay Coon, said detectives confirmed during interviews that Weiss took the pack of edibles from the student and told him to pick up something from else from the box. And then the student grabbed another pack of edibles, 
No students ate the products. That's good news. But these marijuana edibles are showing up all over the place now. And in this case, in an elementary school in South Carolina, not a good thing. We've got a report of a Robert E. Lee statue not going in storage, but coming out of storage. And this unbelievably large, impressive piece of bronze sculpture is now on display in West Texas. This is the General Lee statue that was in Dallas, Texas for, geesh, somewhere around 100 years. And a 27,000-acre golf resort in West Texas is now the home of this Robert E. Lee bronze statue. It's now at the Lajitas Golf Resort in Terlingua, Texas, which is way out in West Texas. This sculpture was put up in 1935, and it was among several Lee monuments around the country that have been removed after what's happened with the racial side of things. And this thing ended up being bid by a very, very wealthy billionaire and pipeline mogul, Kelsey Warren. And he's put this up there at his resort in West Texas. If you want to go play and have General Lee and his statue and its shadow looming on your golf game, you can go to West Texas and check this massive statue that's on display now at a golf resort in the Lone Star State. Four! Generally, four. <laughs> All right, that wraps up our headlines of some of the news across the South for this second hour. When we come back on the Y'all Show, Jerry Short is standing by. He is our Takapola storyteller. And with Jerry, the fun's always going on with him. And we'll fill you in on what exactly is the hot topic of the day. Something tells me it might have to do with college football. Hint, hint. That's ahead on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. <laughs> Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE.
This is the Y'all Show, where we accentuate what's going across the southeast here as we get another week of talking about southern things going on the Y'all Show. And here each week, we welcome in the guy that puts the story and storytelling. It's Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, and he is back on with us. Hello, Jerry. Welcome back to the Y'all Show. What's going on, John? Anything good? Oh, we got a lot good, but it's going to get gooder thanks to our Takapola storyteller. Well, I don't know. I got to come up something pretty quick here. I'll do it, though. Well, what's, go, what's going on? Well, as, uh, we can get out of politics. Let's see. What sports is heavy? I heard today that somebody lost a head coach. And, uh, well, not that's true, but not true. He's going to stick around for the season, it looks like. But, Jerry, are you going to be able to get 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 past the day? Are you going to be able to survive not having Coach Ed Orgeron coaching them Bayou Bengals? Well, he's one of them. And, uh, you know, if they ever had one of their sons, hometown sons, he would have been it. I would have thought he could have lasted a long time down there. Uh, but. He coached at uh, University of Mississippi, and he didn't so much. He didn't show much signs of being a tremendous head coach without a really good staff. So maybe it didn't uh, carry on with me. Though he won a national championship uh, a couple of years ago, uh, less and, than two years ago. That's yeah, that's the problem I got. Ed Orgeron essentially is being bought out for how much? Is it seventeen million? I think it's seventeen million. That's what's left in that contract, and it would have been a lot higher if it would have lasted a little longer. So the LSU can pay what they want to pay, and uh, they usually do. I'm sure they'll go after a big name, but you would thought, uh, hey, you know, I, I'm pretty familiar with LSU, and uh, I'm pretty familiar with Coach O. You know, I know him personally, and uh, I sure would have. And I know a lot. Of they, that was his dream. You know, people like John Forcade with and played in high school and, and then Bobby Abair. I talked to Bobby Abair about him. We played with him at uh, the Rose Cutoff down in high school in Louisiana. And uh, that was his dream deal. You know, it was just if he could ever, he would have left Ole Miss if he could have got the opportunity before he got fired to go to LSU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he speaks Cajun. Um, he can recruit Cajun. And that used to be a real fertile ground for recruiting. Well, he, he can no longer win Cajun. And that's no, why he's he being can. shown the door. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, he left a heck of a bunch of people at uh, Ole Miss that he had recruited. And they went on and went to the Cotton Bowl back-to-back with his talent and uh the next coach in was houston nut and hey he didn't recruit anything like ed orgeron did but i, I you know look, i really think ed, ed orgeron is an outstanding defensive lineman that's what he played and that's what you know when he first came to Ole miss he he was the line coach no he was the head coach i'm talking about yeah was, he had never had a coordinator position and no, the only job he'd ever had at USC where he was before Oxford, he was the defensive line coach. And they gave him Pete Boone and Robert Kayat a chance to be a head coach. I understand what you were saying now. 
thing. Yeah, I was saying I was adding that to his resume, and uh, which his resume was it tried to be too deep at Ole Miss. That's what cost him his job up there. And uh, he took over it, all kinds of responsibilities. Yeah, he tried to run the whole show, and and he came in and jerked his shirt off and told anybody they didn't like what he had to say, he'd fight me now or pay for it later. And uh, but he, I thought he had really calmed down. I know he went through a divorce here not too long ago, and uh, I don't know how that's affected him. He's got two sons. And they were pretty tough when they were in Oxford. I've seen them on the sideline a few times. And But I think one of them went on and didn't have one running back or a quarterback for Magnese State if they played this year. Didn't, they, didn't LSU play them? Yes. I thought they did. And uh, so, I mean, you've got uh, – you've got he's got a background with really some really good friends – and I know when they came to Ole Miss, I know the athletic director at Ole Miss then. And, and I talked to one of the guys, John Forcade, that uh, had quarterbacked in the pros when they were on strike that time. He was a, a quarterback for the Saints, and he quarterbacked Canadian ball. He quarterbacked European ball. He quarterbacked arena ball. He quarterbacked the new league, uh, US, whatever that league was at the time. USFL. And USFL. And I asked him what was he doing at the uh, – I went to the uh, – when they introduced Coach O. And uh, I asked him what was he doing. He says, well, I'm going to talk to uh, uh, Ed about uh, – Ed, as he called him, Ed. I'm going to talk to Ed about being his quarterback's coach. And uh, I understand that the athletic director, and I got that pretty firsthand, uh, said, no, we're, gonna, we're not letting you pick your whole staff. We don't want too many of your close friends on board. You know, so they kind of they kind of held they kind of chained him down a little bit there to start with. But when he got to Baton Rouge, you know, he had that real good coordinator, and he had a transfer in, and uh, I'll be doggone if they uh, won the national championship with him. Best team but, arguably in college football history, fifteen and zero LSU twenty nineteen. Very few of, them. Uh, you know, their fifty eight team I guess was eleven up, and that was as high as you could go in those days when they won the national championship that time. But uh, they uh, they, uh, they they didn't stick with Ed or Coach O as long as I would have thought because he's from over on Bayou Lafouche, which is just south of Baton Rouge. And it, it just seemed like the perfect fit. So that tells you kind of what that business is all about today. It's about winning, period. Well, speaking of winning, Ed Orgeron – has won 48 times compared to 17 losses since he's been head coach starting in 2016. That gives him nearly a .740 winning percentage. He's won roughly three-fourths of the games he's coached. His predecessor, Les Miles, won just a little bit more than that, .770. And then the guy before Les Miles, Nick Saban, won exactly Point seven five zero. So all three of these coaches, kind of in that three quarters of the time they win their ball games. Orgeron's got a national championship. Les Miles has had a national championship in Baton Rouge, and so does Nick Saban. However, that is seventy five percent is not accepted by LSU fans. I've been around them since the fifties. Uh, what would that percentage be? They want to win ninety 
to 100%. <laughs> and they'll tell you that. They never go anywhere that they think they should lose a ball game. And that's in their genes, and that's the way they think, and that's the way they're going to be, and that's the way they're going to always be because they live and breathe it. Do you, if you thought about LSU being the only major school in the state of Louisiana with probably 5 million population, and they've got other schools, but do you think Terry Bradshaw, who played for Louisiana Tech, it almost tell you to your face that he's an LSU fan. It's just unbelievable. Where other states, you think about all the other states, Tennessee kind of gets the full run of the state of Tennessee. But Georgia, you know, use of Georgia Tech's kind of down. But it's always two in every state except Louisiana and Arkansas. But Arkansas doesn't have a real high, good high school uh, base to recruit from. But you get uh, Mississippi and Mississippi State. You get Florida and Florida State and Miami. You get three or four or five in Texas. But in Louisiana, you get one. Uh, so uh, I, South Carolina, you just think you get Clemson. You look how good they've been. And you get South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And now Coastal Carolina, I think, is ranked about 20th in the nation. Uh, a little higher than that. Yeah, Jerry, so if, you, if you go back in LSU's football history, I mentioned those three most recent coaches, Saban, Miles, and now Orgeron. All three of those coaches won three-fourths of their ball games while on the bayou. If you go back before them, the former Vanderbilt-turned-LSU coach Jerry DiNardo, he won 57% of his games, and yep. his predecessor, Curly Hallman, who came to LSU from Southern Miss, he won just 36% of his games as the Bayou Bengals coach. Mike Archer did a little better back in the late 1980s. He won nearly 60% of his games. You have to go all the way back to the mid-1980s. Bill Arnsbarger, he won 75% of his games, and then he took off. Do you know why he took off? Arnsbarger? Yeah. He went to uh, pro. He went back to the pro, didn't he? No, he went to Florida to be, to be the athletic director. He got sick and tired of the controversy at LSU, primarily involving the basketball program. Well, you look at Charlie McClendon. How many percent have you got him in front of? Uh, McClendon uh, won almost 70%. See, and he stayed there from... 52 Paul, to 79. What about Paul? 60, 62, rather. Dietzel, 55 to 61. He won a national championship, but his winning percentage was 60, 65%. Yeah, I mean, he had to build a team. They were down when he came. Why did he did he choose to leave to go to what West Point on his he own? He went to West Point. On, on his own volition. On his, yeah, on his own. And then when he... Uh, AD at uh, South Carolina also. He was AD and football coach uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, Paul Dietzel. I met him one time, and uh, he he had his X and O's really put together well. And he did. He had some good talent at LSU. And 57 and 58, they when they won the national championship. And then in 59, they lost that one game uh, uh, to Ole Miss. I mean, they won that old game to Ole Miss, and then they went up to Tennessee, and they lost on a two-point conversion, I believe, but one point. Hmm. And that, uh, other than that, 
you know, that got that kind of got Paul Diesel. I think he was ready to go because he took so much slack, and he didn't want to go to Sugar Bowl and have a rematch with Ole Miss, who beat him 21 to nothing in the Sugar Bowl. And the talk was really heavy then to get rid of Paul Diesel. But McClendon, I always really liked McClendon. He was a class act. And if you said he won 70-some percent of his games, I mean, he had a tough schedule. He, you know, they played South, uh, Southern Cal and people like that back in those days for a non-conference game every now and then. And, uh, you know, teams like that. And it wasn't like he was out looking for Harden Simmons or somebody, you know, or Chattanooga. You know, he he played, he played good people. And I guess he just retired on his own, didn't he, Charlie McClendon? I don't know, but I do know he is the last LSU coach to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, probably. He deserves it. I mean, he was he was really a, a, a outstanding person and, and a great coach, no doubt. You know, and he had to fight uh, Bear Bryant and Johnny Vault and uh, – and uh, a couple more named coaches in those days. And they always opened the season with Rice, who was pretty good back in those days also. You know, Rice would probably be third or fourth in the Southwest Conference every year. And they opened the, they'd opened the season with them. So, uh, yeah. An, an interesting it, footnote on Charles McClendon. In his final year coaching LSU 1979, his Tigers lost, I guess, their regular season finale against the Tulane Green Wave. But they went on to the Tangerine Bowl, and in that game, they beat Wake Forest. And it ends up, after that game, McClendon gets hired to become the executive director of the Tangerine Bowl, which is now the Citrus Bowl. I remember that. And that was, what year was that? 1979. He stayed there till 79. He had a 7-5 record in his final year. His 1970 team won the Southeastern Conference as they had a Nine and three season, they were perfect in SEC play. Lost the Orange Bowl that year as they took on a very good Nebraska team and lost seventeen to twelve. Didn't he also win the Southeastern Conference Championship in '69? I don't see that. I think his team finished second in the SEC in 1969. They were supposed to go to the Cotton Bowl, and uh, no, I'm thinking about. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking about 69. Did you say they won the thing and went to the They finished second in the SEC in 1969. His only season of winning an SEC championship was 1970. 69, they beat Ole Miss really bad. And uh, that's when Archie had a broken arm. And that really surprised him. They lost to Ole Miss in 69. They played that game in Jackson, and it was a 26-23 Rebel victory. Field goal. And the one in Baton Rouge the next year was uh, about the same deal. In fact, that loss to the Sharks was the only loss on that season. And uh, but what he lost back to back to them about sixteen to nothing, and about uh, twenty three to something. I guess it was. But the Sugar Bowl deal, the, the year that Ole Miss won the Sugar Bowl for the seven three record, LSU was nine and one, and Ole Miss had beat them. But they had, I guess they had, must have been runner-up in the SEC. They waited around and didn't want to go back to the Sugar Bowl because they had been the year before. And they was waiting on the Cotton Bowl. Notre Dame had never been to a bowl. And Notre Dame decided they voted to go to a bowl. And that left LSU at home. Hmm. 
You know, that decision by Notre Dame was their first bowl game since 1924. 1969, they decided to go to a bowl. They go to the Cotton Bowl, and that kind of uh, kept LSU out of the bowl picture. And therefore, they they had the Sugar Bowl wrapped up. And uh, the Sugar Bowl got aggravated and said, we're going to go ahead and invite Archie Manning more than Ole Miss because they wanted Archie Manning to show. They invited Ole Miss with a seven and three record. McClendon's 1969 team finished number seven in the country, number 10 in the AP poll. So we're back to talking current LSU football. One of the reasons yeah. we're talking about these LSU coaches of yesteryear is they had success, like the McClendons of the world. And Ed Orgeron, less than 19 months ago, won a national championship for this program. But that's not enough. Jerry, we also know that there's been a lot of controversy for this football program, mostly stemming back to the Les Miles era. Do you think that's got anything to do with this sudden decision to go ahead and cut bait with Ed Orgeron, not even well, right around halfway through this season. Yeah, I, I really do. And, and and I know their baseball coach was a little bit uh, health-wise problems too, but I, I think they let him go too in a, behind the scenes. And uh, basketball's kind of just swept under the rug. And, right and it, it may be the most guilty of yeah. all parties in terms of doing so – Things the wrong way. Who wants to win so bad that I'm going to tell you now they will they will about pull any kind of thing they have to to win. And if they're not winning, to some of those fans down there, they, I mean they're money people, and I don't know who their money people are. I mean you 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 know you get out of history, but you go back and they had a sixty thousand seat stadium back in uh, Huey P. Long's day. And the way he got that passed through the Louisiana legislature was to put dorms in the thing. Mm-hmm. And they put the stadium inside a dorm. And so they had dorm rooms, and they made it 60000 because Ole Miss, and I talk a lot of Ole Miss because I know a lot of Ole Miss, but Ole Miss, Coach Vault told me this. I asked him one time, I, I said, I've looked at the deal, and you played LSU, in your 24 years at Ole Miss, you played LSU in Louisiana, 19 times, Coach, and you won 17 of them. Why did you play them in Louisiana? Because we got the gate at that 60,000-seat stadium where I was held 34,000. And so, I mean, Louisiana's always been that way. You think the first Superdome, I mean, it made the doggone Astrodome look like a joke. And it started out with a $20 million budget I was working down in there. And then it finished up with a doggone ninety million dollar that they took a bunch of money from the levy board, and uh, that caused a lot of that Katrina flood. That money they didn't spend to improve their levies around New Orleans because they pumped it into football. <laughs> so I mean they're football fanatics, and if you're not winning down there, you know you give us statistics a while ago, and they're they're tremendous, but uh, it, it don't matter. Seventy-five percent is not enough for not enough for a rabid LSU Tigers thing. So, less than two years after capturing a national championship, LSU and Ed Orgeron are parting ways at the conclusion of the season, or at least that's what it's set up to be as of now. And do you think he's going to get another coaching job with that seventeen million dollars in his pocket? You know, if I had seventeen million dollars in my pocket, and that had happened to me, and I know. 
uh, he, he was embarrassed about the old Miss situation when he got fired here. But he, uh, <clears throat> I believe I'd get me a shrimp boat. He lives down at, uh, at the LaRose Cutoff in Lockport, Louisiana, on Bay of <laughs> I think I would be like Bubba on uh, uh, <laughs> that Tom Cruise movie, Forrest Grump. Yeah. I think I would get, get me a shrimp boat and go on out in the Gulf and kick back, you know, and not worry about anything. But uh, he loves football. He's good friends with a lot of football people. You know, um, his, his uh, well, kind of his accent might prevent him from being a sports commentator or a sports show. However, a lot of people enjoy listening to that. You know, he's done a few commercials and stuff. So uh, I, I really... I think he'll end up coaching, but I don't think it'll be just overnight. I mean, how old is he? You look, you maybe looking at that. I he, think he's pushing he, sixty. He's that old now. He may even be over sixty. Oh well, he he may not end up coaching again because I don't know. You know, it depends on how they finish this year out. What have they got? Ole Miss left. They've got uh, who else left? He's exactly 60 years old. Ed, Edward James Orgeron Jr. Okay. Who have they got left on their schedule? They got Alabama left? They have Alabama left. They got Ole Miss. They've got and Texas they, A&M they, left. left. That's three tough ones for them, probably. And then and there one more. Um, and they've lost how many games so far? Three? I think they've lost three. UCLA and uh, uh, gosh, he should have lost. They lost to Auburn at home. That was the one that probably yeah. cost him his job. They're four and three currently. Four and three. And LSU's forthcoming schedule is Mississippi this weekend. That game played at Vault Hemingway Stadium. Then they're on the road a second straight week after a bye week. Got a bye week after their Oxford trip where he can get his chicken on the stick one last time as a coach of LSU. He's got Alabama at Bryant-Denny November 6th. He's got Arkansas coming in to Baton Rouge November 13th. In-state battle with the Warhawks and Terry Bowden's Louisiana Monroe Warhawks come to Tiger Stadium on the 20th. And then the regular season concludes with a home game against Texas A&M on November 27th. Well, if 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 they play as well as they did, Last week or yesterday against Florida, forty-eight, rather forty-nine, yeah. forty-two victory there. Yeah, they ran the ball. They got away from throwing it. and They ran it, which they looked like a whole different ball club. You know, it changed their whole scheme up, and uh, they hadn't been able to move the ball trying to balance their attack because they just don't have a passing game. But they've got a running game, and that's what they used against Florida mostly. And um, I know Ole Miss plays a 3-4, and they should be able to run right up the gut on that. If you know, if, I don't know if they're pretty physical also. But you get to Alabama, and that 3-4 won't work over there. <laughs> and they might. Texas A&M comes to their place. Yes, that's the that should be his swan song right there, final yeah. game. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to end up losing at least two more, and that's going to uh, put them at, what, six and five? Mm-hmm. Seven, five, six, and five, something like that. Not what LSU fans are looking no. for. That's the reason they're making a coaching decision. And that's not going to extend him. That's not going to propel him into some good job. 
And I don't look for him to take a nickel state or something like that, unless he just wants to stay in the area. Now, he, I think he could be a good fit uh, for Southern Mississippi because uh, he could recruit that area. And uh, that's about as high as I would expect him to ever go. All right. Be- well, Jerry, we'll have to see. We wish Ed Orgeron the best. Jerry, you mentioned Forrest Gump a minute ago. We will take a break here and come right back. And for a lot of Southerners, they love their Forrest Gump, but maybe even more Southerners out there love their Andy Griffith show. And sad news, as we've reported here on the Y'all Show, Betty Lynn has died at the age of 95. And I'll get Jerry's take on Betty Lynn, the actress, when we come back, as she was a member of the cast of The Andy Griffith Show. That as the Y'all Show, getting your week started, continues. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. <laughs> Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE. No introduction needed. One of the most famous theme songs in all of TV history. We're back here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Our special guest is the Takapola storyteller. His name, Jerry Short. And as we wrap up our conversation with our own storyteller, the storyteller we got on the payroll here at the Y'all Show, got to announce some sad news as Thelma Lou. Played by actress Betty Lynn. She has died at the age of 95. Our thoughts there with the family of 
Betty Lynn, again, who played Thelma Lou on the Andy Griffith Show. Jerry, that's a question I've never asked you, sir. How, how big of a fan of Andy Griffith and that show and characters like Thelma Lou, how big of a fan were you or are you? Well, I mean, uh, you know, this day and time, I'm not that great of a fan. But, uh, you know, uh, she was uh, she was Barney's girlfriend. And uh, that shouldn't be enough to make you like her right there. Uh, you know, Mayberry could have been Taco Polo. <laughs> I know it wasn't, but it was pretty close to the same thing. So, you know, we could identify with the Betty Lynn's of the world. And, and if she made it to 95 years old, you know, she was a pretty thin lady and looked pretty healthy when she played on there with uh, Don Knox and Andy Griffin and the rest of them and Opie and the whole shooting match. But uh, still, uh, it's a sad thing because they're all passing us. Mm. As you know, you know, at my age, I watch all these old shows. And the first thing I'll do is take out when I'm watching a show and I recognize some character actor even actors i'll pull it out and say and of course they'll be deceased and they've been deceased 10 20 30 years a lot of times and it just it, it boggles your mind that we're losing all those people that were so popular from those sitcoms back in the 50s and 60s and early 70s i mean you go i guess betty white she's she still hanging in there i know it. she's hanging in there longer than anybody that i can remember from growing up when I was growing up, it was on shows and things. I mean, she was on like What's My Line and stuff like, you know, that before she ever become with, uh, um, who was she with? She was with, uh, oh gosh, with, uh, the Golden Girls. And mm-hmm. uh, that was about her last, that was about her real last sitcom, I guess, wasn't it? Well, and, one of the uh, big ones. Let me, let me yeah. add a little bit more about our own southern betty betty lynn the actress that just passed away at 95 born in kansas city and she of course went out west and acted jerry this woman who died at 95 had never been married she was engaged a few times and 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 she died this week at the in mount airy north carolina she actually had moved moved back to the regional area of maybe even though she's not from north carolina she moved back to Mount Airy, where she would make monthly personal appearances at the Andy Griffith Museum, signing yeah. autographs and meeting fans. Yeah. And I knew they had a museum over there. And uh, so I guess, uh, you know, she was a fairly attractive lady, too. Uh, not, you know, she wasn't like a, a beauty queen or anything like that, but she she wasn't anything, you know, to sneeze at. And I'm really surprised that she never did have a husband. And she didn't even marry Barney, did she? No, she didn't. She never married Barney. You know, they had a hard time even on a date. <laughs> you know, so Barney could swing pretty good on the porch, I think. But that's about it, wasn't it? I think and, so. Her film career started back in the 1940s. She was in movies like Cheaper by the Dozen. And, yeah, uh, Cheaper by the uh, Yeah, she was in The Hangman. Uh, also, the, a movie called Meet Me in Las Vegas. Golly. Of course, she played with some good people too. Jim, you know, Jim Neighbors. Mm-hmm. He was on that in there with her too. And then uh, George Lindsay, you know, he come on after Neighbors, I guess. He later. sure did. He sure and, did. Yeah. And but then she all- she got into a lot of TV work. Thus for thus, she ended up getting that 
opportunity to be on the Andy Griffith Show, which she appeared on 26 episodes as Thelma Lou on the Andy Griffith Show. So did you make sure to tune that thing in when it aired live back in the 1960s? Well, if I wasn't out cutting up or doing something, I probably did. Okay. I kept to go out and turn that aerial towards uh, the antenna and the pole. I'd have to turn that towards Memphis <laughs> so we could pick it up. But then I'd look through the snow and see it. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I did. But uh, I, yeah, I always, I always watched Sandy Griffin. Everybody did. You know, when they were really young and couldn't stay out and run around very much. But uh, gosh, that means that she had to have been. Born in about twenty one, or twenty one. Born two. in twenty six, and and twenty six. He's born August 29th, nineteen twenty six, in Kansas right City. Now, well, I, that's 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 right because my mother was born in twenty six, and if she was alive, she would be ninety five. Yep. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize that she was quite that old, but I guess uh, I was. Uh, mm, golly, ninety to six years old. Ninety-five, huh. I think, was her age well, of, at death. Been, yeah, and uh, was she? Uh, what else was she? What other did major movies? Did you come up with something? Uh, her movie career kind of ended after the fifties, and she got involved in TV after the Andy Griffith Show. She played in a couple of episodes of My Three Sons. She was on yeah. a, a couple episodes of Family Affair, which ran in the late nineteen sixties. She was on an episode of Barnaby Jones, but Really, four episodes. How about this? Yeah. Four episodes of Matlock with Andy Griffith back in the oh, uh, late 1980s. Yeah. But, but he brought a lot of his old crew in a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's and, she's passed away. Betty Lynn, who played again Thelma Lou on Andy Griffith. Our thoughts there think, in Mount Airy. I think I remember somebody saying she'd been on a went on a, a USO tour and all. Yeah, I think she did some of that yeah, also. I think she did some of that. So, I mean, she was, you know, a patriot also. So uh, let's hand it to her and uh, for, for what good she gave the servicemen. So she must have been kind of a cute little girl back when she was uh, 25 or so on those USO. I think so. And, of course, she was doing that during World War II. That's before she started yeah. being in films and such. But I guess she was a performer and, and got out on the USA tour. Betty Lynn, rest in peace. Jerry Short, thank you for all that you do. We look forward to catching up with you again on the Y'all Show. No problem. You hang in there and have a good week, and uh, let's keep it. Uh, let's keep Coach O going if we can. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jerry. We will wrap up this hour right after this with a Southern accent on good old Southern food. Stay tuned. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. 
Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. <laughs> Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE. Southern accent. Here's what's cooking in the South from y'all.com. I'm Kobe Bennett. Grit and grind is the mantra of the city of Memphis, Tennessee. But grits on their own are the signature of one new Memphis restaurant that opened up at the beginning of this year. Sugar Grits is an eatery that features grits in all of its meals, all the time, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The visionaries behind the new restaurant are Stephanie and Tony Westmoreland. Stephanie based the menu off dishes she was raised on in North Carolina. Many of the dishes are things you might not see in Memphis, she told the commercial appeal. Regarding the gritty options offered on the menu, they range from sweet to savory, added Stephanie. Sugar Grits gets their signature grits from the original Grit Girl down in Oxford, Mississippi. If you're in the downtown Memphis area and are looking for some authentic southern cuisine, go down to 150 Peabody Place Suite 111 for some sweet grits. Recipes, tips, headlines, and more at y'all.com. Mmm, sweet grits. Now that sounds yummy. Thank you for letting us know about that in the South. We always will make a little extra time for some very tasty, delicious grits. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to also make some time for more of the Y'all Show. Hour number three, we're going to start off with an update on some sports news happenings. And also, we will tell you about an interesting thing about football and belly fat. All that's coming up in the next hour of the Y'all Show. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. (laughs) Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE.
final hour of our get-together here to start a new week of talking about what's going on across the southeast. This is the Y'all Show, powered by y'all.com, and delivered to you each and every day on great radio stations across the southeast, and we're also available in podcast form. You can check us out on Spotify, Stitcher. We're on the TuneIn app, on the Apple Podcast app, and a whole bunch more. Just go into wherever you find your podcast and search for Y'all Show, Y apostrophe A-L-L space show. And there's a darn good chance you're going to see this show covering everything from news to sports to politics to food to travel and a whole bunch of other things all kind of put in one happy home. And it all centers around the southeast of the United States. Our text line, if you want to text us, it's 803-816-1170. Those text lines are open all the time. Would love to hear from all y'all. And also, you can check us out via email if you'd rather drop us a line. If you're sitting there hammering away some great emails and you have the kind of momentum to go ahead and send us something, we welcome that mail, M-A-I-L, mail, at y'all.com. Again, y'all is the South's show, and y'all is the website, the homepage, of all things Southern, y'all.com. Coming up in this final hour of our Monday conversation, we're going to go into the next segment telling you about how one in three men say they would give up watching football to get rid of their belly fat. I'll tell you, there's one in three people that are saying this, and I'll let you know who they are and where this data was collected. That's coming up in the next segment. Also, later this hour, we've got a look at headlines from across the southeast and a look at what's on the Y'all Show for the rest of this week as we march our way through this middle part of October, getting you ready in just a few days for Halloween 2021. Let's start off with what's going on in the world of football, recapping again some of the fun from Sunday. Congratulations to Coach Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had to go all the way to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, but the Jags in dramatic kick form, they actually had one go through on the right side for them, and Jacksonville beats the Miami Dolphins Sunday morning in London 23-20, and Duval gets their first win since the opening game of 2020. Jacksonville ends, I think it was a 20-game losing streak, with a 23-20 walk-off win over the Miami Dolphins. What does this loss say about the fish? The fish dropped to one and five. This is embarrassing if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. You should never lose to Jacksonville. And now Miami's going to always be that little asterisk of which team ended up giving Jacksonville a win. And it was the Miami Dolphins. Again, congratulations to the Jags with their first win of 2021. Elsewhere in the NFL Sunday, Aaron Rodgers says he owns the Chicago Bears in the Windy City. And I guess he's right on that. Chicago wins, or rather Green Bay wins in Chicago at Soldier Field Sunday, 24-14. The Pack now 5-1 on the season and have righted the wrongs of their Week 1 loss. Cincinnati picked up another big win. Joe Burrow throws for three touchdowns as they absolutely destroy the winless Detroit Lions. I think Detroit's already raised the white flag. They are this year's Jacksonville Jaguars. Cincinnati wins in Motown 34 
2-11 and improved to 4-2 and along the way. The Indianapolis Colts picked up a big AFC South win. They destroyed the Houston Texans in Indy 31-3. Yes, a great, great run by Jonathan Taylor. 83 yards in this one as the Colts get the victory. The L.A. Rams went all the way to the Manhattan area, and they walk out of uh, the metropolis there. 38-11 Rams over the New York football giants. L.A. improves to 5-1, and one, and Matthew Stafford looked mighty impressive there in the Big Apple with that big 27-point victory over the G-Men. Kansas City, it took them a while to get going, but they did, and they looked pretty good in the end. Kansas City wins over the Washington football team 31-13 on Sunday. Kansas City's back to 500 ball. They're 3-3. Three three. The former Redskins dropped a 2-4, and four, but what a great scene there as they honored their late Washington Redskins player there. And they also broke out the throwback uniforms, which are some of the best you see in NFL football each year. And a great, great day for the Kansas City fans, at least, in the nation's capital with the victory over the WFT on Sunday. Other games from this latest week, I think it was week six in NFL action from this, maybe week seven, the, the, the clock's ticking for sure. Elsewhere in football from this past week, you had an NFL action. The Kansas City Chiefs, again, I told you about their victory. How about the Minnesota Vikings surviving in Charlotte? They go to Bank of America Stadium. It took them into overtime to get the victory, but on the road, the Norsemen win 34-28 over the Carolina Panthers. Panthers dropped a 3-3 three and three after starting the year 3-0. and oh. Vikings improved to 3-3 three and three with the overtime walk-off there with a touchdown pass from Cousins. And it gives, it gives the Minnesota Vikings now a chance to compete in that North Division with a 34-28 win. Baltimore destroyed what some people said was one of the best teams in the NFL. The L.A. Chargers went all the way to Baltimore and walk out losers 34-6. Lamar Jackson looked mighty impressive in the Ravens' victory over L.A. The Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the NFL. The Cardinals continue to back that statement up. On Sunday, they went all the way to Cleveland, and they emerge victorious 37-14 and go to 6-0 on the season over what was a very what is expected to be a very good Browns team and I know Cleveland right now sits at 3 and 3 with plenty of games left but man who saw this one coming Arizona would be the only team left unbeaten and at 6 and 0 they're nearly halfway to being done with the season and have a flawless ledger thus far who saw the Las Vegas Raiders going in Denver and walking out of there, 34-24 winners on Sunday as the Raiders with an interim coach were led by Derek Carr. He passed for 341 yards and two touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater's Broncos did not fare as good, and therefore the Raiders get the big AFC West win over the horses. And a great win for Dallas Cowboy fans on Sunday. It took you to overtime to get it there in Foxborough. But Dak and the Cowboys get out of overtime with a 35-29 victory over the New England Patriots. A great, great win for Cowboys fans. Your Monday night football action in Nashville from Nissan Stadium. The Tennessee Titans at 4-2 and hosting the Buffalo Bills there on the banks of the Cumberland River. ESPN's got this one going off at 8-15 Eastern, 7-15 Central. 
Bills and the Music City Footballers all going on on Monday Night Football. Also catching you up with some college football news and notes from the weekend, Ed Orgeron and LSU have agreed to say goodbye after the end of this year as the coach will not return as the athletic director at LSU says it's time for a new direction. And Ed Orgeron, despite taking LSU his dream job to a national championship just months ago during the 2019 season, the LaRose, Louisiana native will not return as head coach of the Bayou Bengals in 2022. And now all eyes on the coaching search for LSU and where they will go. Who do you think LSU is going to bring in as the next head football coach? I mean, you, you don't do much better than winning the national championship. And Ed Orgeron was a great recruiter. I, I don't know what LSU is looking for, but there has to be other things. And we heard Jerry Short talking about this an hour or two when he was on with his Takapola Storyteller segment of the Y'all Show. Go back and listen to that in our archives at Spotify or at y'all.com. But, boy, I, I just can't imagine a person can be the head coach of a national championship team. And I'm, I'm not saying there's a smoking gun with controversy off the field with Ed Orgeron, but maybe maybe there is something. Maybe we will all find out about this in time. But right now we know that LSU says, Ed, take your $17 million and get the heck out of here. <laughs> all right, let me catch you up with college football's top 25. Georgia has captured all of the AP votes Georgia this week has all 63 first place votes in the AP top 25. Congratulations to Kirby Smith, Kirby Smart's dogs as they beat Kentucky over the weekend. Look mighty impressive there between the hedges as Georgia is now number one. The number two team in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats. UC is 6-0 and and they are knocking on the door of number one, the AAC doorbusters, if you will, the Bearcats. Oklahoma moves up a spot this week. The Sooners check in at number three. Alabama moves up there at number four. So Bama fans, looks like if things play out the way they are looking to play out and if nothing crazy happens, Alabama's still got a chance to get into the college football playoff without too much problem. Bama, number four. Ohio State's moving up. They're number five in the latest poll. How about the Michigan Wolverines? They are 6-0 and and ranked number six. Big-time Big-time headlines for the Big Ten right now. Penn State, they sit still at number seven this week. How about the Pokes of Oklahoma State? They did a little bit of a surprise, at least for me. They went into the 40 Acres and got out of Austin with a victory over Texas this past weekend. As Coach Gundy's Pokes are 6-0 and and ranked number eight. Michigan State still flawless. They're 7-0, and ranked number nine in the country. The Oregon Ducks sank one spot this week. Ducks check in at number 10. Iowa in a very, very surprising loss for the then number two team in the country. Iowa loses to Purdue, and they sink all the way to number 11. Mississippi moves up one spot this week in the AP poll as they go to Rocky Top, and they avoid water bottles and golf balls being thrown at them. Lane Kiffin and his Mississippi man, his uh, his Mississippi men, go in and win on Rocky Top for the first time since Billy Brewer coached the Red and Blue and Mississippi ranked number 12 in the latest AP poll. Notre Dame moves up to number 13 this week. Coastal Carolina checks in at number 14 in this week's AP poll. A respectable loss for Kentucky to the top team in the country, and that's why they only dropped four spots. 
down to number 15 is Coach Stoops' Big Blue. Wake Forest did not move up or down in this latest poll. They're sitting still at number 16 this week, and Wake is still 6-0 and and undefeated on the season. Texas A&M moves up to number 17 after they had a very nice road win at Missouri this past weekend. NC State got a big win at Boston College. The Pack 5-1 and ranked number 18 in the country. Auburn had a nice win in the Ozarks. They weren't ranked last week. This weekend, they are this week. They check in at number 19 in the latest AP poll. The Baylor Bears not ranked last week. They beat BYU there on the banks of the Brazos and the Burley Beast of Baylor get the 20th ranking in the AP poll. The SMU Mustangs have not lost a game thus far. They're 6-0, and the Ponies are 21 in the latest AP poll. The Aztecs of San Diego State, they haven't lost this year. They're ranked 22. How about the Pitt Panthers? A surprising win on the road at Virginia Tech and a throttling of the Hokies. Pitt checks in at number 23, the third ACC team ranked in the AP Top 25. The Roadrunners, congratulations to the University of Texas, San Antonio. They are number 24 in the country, Roadrunners of UTSA. I think this might be their very first appearance ever in the AP Top 25. So good job there in San Antonio. And how about that Purdue Boilermaker bunch? They're checking in at number 25 this week after that big kind of upset over Iowa. And the 4-2 Boilers are the 25th team in the country, according to the Associated Press. And that's a quick look at some of the sports happenings across the Southeast as we get this third hour up and going. When y'all comes right back from the break, we have an article up about how one in three men say they would give up watching football. What? (laughs) Would give up watching football to get rid of their belly fat. What is that all about? We'll tell you after the break. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. really sure what kind of scientific data goes into finding out about what that uh, ratio is there in Pine Bluff, Arkansas for women, but we go to KARK.com, which is based out of the natural state for a story, and they got an article up on that KARK.com website that's got to do with 
maybe a little bit of fat or so. The article headline, one in three men would give up watching football to get rid of their belly fat. Say it ain't so. (laughs) Would you give up watching football to get rid of your belly fat? Would you? A new poll of 2,000 American men over the age of 30, more than one-third of them said they would give up football games or other sporting events for two months if it meant they could sport a six-pack or a flat stomach. In all, 39% say their belly is the top physical attribute they'd change about themselves. Of course, football season makes it really tough on people who love football with not only, I mean, the tailgates are one thing, but even if you're not there having a tailgate, football means food. It means chicken wings. It means potato chips. It means Doritos. It means candy. It means whatever your beverage choice, and none of them are healthy. Not a single one of them at a tailgate or a college football game are healthy. I just went to an NFL game the other day. I probably had four refills of, what did I drink? Coke? I think I had Coke. And I had about two buckets of bottomless popcorn. And none of that's healthy. But I had a good time even though my team lost. Yeah, so 39% say their belly is the top physical attribute they change. 37% say they usually gain weight from September to January, with 53% of the 2,000 people involved in this survey, 53% claim they gain 10 pounds or more during football season. I can believe that. I can believe that. I sat around Saturday watching college football games, and I had couple of soft drinks, a couple of glasses of tea. I had so I had some good food. I had some darn good food. In fact, my food for Saturday's football games that I watched on TV, I would even put down in the healthy category. <laughs> it was it was a, a a low country boil. It was shrimp, boiled shrimp, corn, potatoes, and sausage. And maybe one or two other things thrown in there too. Mighty, mighty good fresh shrimp. In fact, that shrimp I saw harvested that same day that it was in that pot that I was eating. Now, that's some good eating there. Yeah, but these respondents want to lose that weight. Football is not the only thing men would give up. This poll that was conducted by one poll and commissioned by Nutrisystem, it also reveals that a quarter of men would give up their love life for two months for a flatter belly. Hmm, how many would y'all do? Would you do that? Would you rather give up football or love for two months to have a flatter belly? (laughs) Almost one in five men begin to lose confidence by the time they reach their early 30s. More than 50% are less comfortable dating after reaching 30 because they are less confident in how they look. Huh. Men's health and wellness seems top of mind more now than ever before as 43% of men believe that mental and physical health are equally as important as wealth and current lifestyle. That's all just gobbledygook, y'all. I don't care what men think. This this is talking about men's health and wellness seems top of mind more now than ever before, as 43% of men believe that mental and physical health are equally as important as 
wealth and current lifestyle. What do the women think? That's what I want to know. It doesn't matter what guys think of themselves. It all comes down to what, if you're looking for a woman, what does the woman want to do? What is she looking for? If given the choice between getting a promotion at work or losing 20 pounds, 30% of these respondents would choose to focus on their weight loss goals. Hmm. All right. We have a country where people are really caught up in the way they look and the way they eat. And a lot of this is important. I'm not here to talk about myself too much, but I will talk about myself for just a second. I did a lot of good stuff in 2020, including running and, and eating healthy. And it made a difference. And I'm not doing those things in 2021. And guess what? I've added a few pounds. I've added pain. I don't like it. I won't say my self-esteem is down. I know that it worked. I did it last year. I can do it again. I intend to do it again. But instead of getting all down and cutting out football, just get out there and do a little better eating and definitely do a lot of sweating. That's the key. I hate to admit it, but it does make a difference. If I can brag, if you don't mind, I ran 300 miles in 2020. I, I actually wore out a pair of running shoes. I worked my fanny off. I'm proud of myself, but I'm not doing it now. So it doesn't matter what I did last year. It's not working out this year. And I know I don't need surveys to tell me this. I, I know what I'm not doing and I can feel it. And chances are, if you're listening to me and you can feel it, if you know your joints ache a little bit more, you don't look as good as you might could, you know who can fix it more than anybody? Yourself. So just get out there and do it. And I'm talking to myself here. So let me shut up and go get on my brand new running shoes that I've never even run in. They're really nice, by the way. And I need to put them to good use. Let me do that. But I'll have to do it when the show ends. So hang on with me for just a little bit. We're going to come right back on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent and catch you up with some more headlines from across the South. 803-816-1170 is our text line. If you want to get in touch with the show that's all about the South. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE.
Amen, I'm glad you asked Cause I know more about that than I want to And I'll share it with you If you don't work things out And save your love somehow You'll know it then What it's like at the bitter end First comes a downpour Unemotional uproar Brought on by don't love you anymore Followed by a slamming door Alright, we're getting close to wrapping up this First of the week edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host John Rawl, the general of all things Southern, and looking back at some of our headlines across the Southeast, it's been a rough couple of days for law enforcement. And over the last few days, one deputy killed, two wounded in an ambush at a bar in Houston, Texas. Tough, tough loss there. According to Harris County Precinct 4, Constable Mark Herman. Constable deputies were working extra security jobs at a sports bar called the 45 Norte Sports Bar when two of them responded to a witness's report of a suspected robbery outside the business. And unfortunately, two deputies were trying to arrest someone when another person ambushed them. And in this skirmish there, the man had an AR-15 style rifle, opened fire on the constables from behind a third deputy was shot when he came to help. And one of the first deputies who was shot, Kareem Atkins, died from his wounds, according to the Harris County Constable's Office there in Houston, Texas. That was right at the end of last week. And then another sad story from law enforcement. A police officer in North Carolina, Nightdale, North Carolina police officer, Ryan Hayworth, who was only 23 years old and an Army veteran, and the son of a retired chief, he was killed by a drunk driver just three months after joining the Nightdale, North Carolina Police Force, as he had been just on the force a, a little bit of, of a couple months now. He and a former member, this former member of the Army, killed in a vehicle collision on Interstate 540 early on Sunday morning, and he was the son of the retired Zebulon, North Carolina Police Chief, Timothy Hayworth, and I think this was a case where a their cruiser that this officer from North Carolina was in was struck by a drunk driver, it appears, and it took his life, sadly. Hit by another car in the eastbound lanes on Interstate 540 over the weekend. Also, an update on a trooper who was killed in an ambush that we want to let you know in Louisiana. This happened back a couple of several days ago. Over the weekend, a funeral held in Louisiana for the officer fatally shot during an ambush, and that was for the life of Master Trooper Adam Gobert, and he was buried over the weekend. He was killed October 9th in a parked patrol unit after working a crash scene in Ascension, Paris, and he was a victim of a shooting that a man ended up being captured later but this officer killed part of the louisiana state police in louisiana killed in an ambush and his funeral held over the weekend also over the weekend another law enforcement official lost his life this man was off duty at the time as sardis police officer in mississippi a great young 
officer there, Courtney Pride, lost his life in a car wreck while off-duty in Panola County in North Mississippi. The Sheriff's Office of Panola County said that their thoughts and prayers are with the family of this fallen officer, Courtney Pride, a young officer working in North Mississippi, and he was a member of the Sardis, Mississippi Police Force, killed over the weekend. Hmm. Tough to lose so many of these law enforcement, and many of these people I'm telling you about are rather young. Really hits home. More info coming out on the Murdoch case. Alex Murdoch of South Carolina. He's now been booked into a South Carolina jail after his arrest in Florida. This is the former attorney, former solicitor in South Carolina, and just more and more crazy, unbelievably crazy, almost what in the world type stuff coming out of this case. And the latest is that he's been sent back to a detention facility in the Palmetto State following his Thursday arrest in Florida as he arrived in Columbia at the Alvin Glenn Detention Center, and he's waiving an extradition after waiving an extradition hearing in Florida, his attorney says that Murdoch intended to return to South Carolina voluntarily after acknowledging he will likely face prison time. Murdoch has been charged with two counts of obtaining property by false pretenses in connection with the estate of Gloria Satterfield. That's a former housekeeper of his who worked at his home until her death under mysterious circumstances in 2018 as she fell at the home of Murdoch and she struck her head and then died 24 days later. And this guy, this lawyer took all of her money from her insurance settlement and didn't give her kids anything. I think I got that right. This is, this is crazy stuff that's going on with this one particular family, really this one particular former lawyer. And now he's back in South Carolina and I don't think he's getting out anytime soon. A story update on former President Bill Clinton. He's back home after being hospitalized with an infection as he arrived at his home in New York Sunday to recover from this infection that left him in treatment for six days at a Southern California hospital. He left the University of California Irvine Medical Center over the weekend with Hillary on his arm. Bill Clinton dressed in jeans and a sport coat and wearing a face mask, and he went out of the hospital slowly and stepped Stopped to shake hands with doctors and nurses lined up on the sidewalk. Gave a thumbs up. And according to one report, his fever and white blood cell count have normalized. That's why he went back to New York. He is 75 years old and he went into this suburban L.A. hospital with an infection unrelated to COVID-19. And now he's back at his home in Chappaqua, New York, recovering 75-year-old Bill Clinton. Jill Biden, she was in South Carolina over the weekend. She went back to see what she calls her prayer partner. She went to a church in the Columbia, South Carolina area, just across the Congaree River over in West Columbia. And Jill Biden flew to West Columbia to have a surprise appearance for the 50th anniversary celebration for Pastor Charles B. Jackson Sr. of Brooklyn Baptist Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. And she got up, I guess, and talked about Bo Biden's death. And along the way, she got to have a prayer partner. This goes back to when 
she and her husband were on the campaign trail. She got to be friends with Charles B. Jackson, the minister there, his wife, Robin Jackson. And that became Jill Biden's prayer partner. Biden praised Charles Jackson for presiding over a ministry that helps feed the hungry, provides college scholarship, and runs a health and wellness program. As Biden said, you brought countless people to God's grace. You remind us that we are the body of Christ. And she flew down without Joe, her husband, to go participate in this celebration at this church in West Columbia, South Carolina, her prayer partner there in South Carolina. Did you realize that she would have a prayer partner in West Columbia? I did not know that. All right, moving on to more headlines across the Southeast. Hey, we've got a radio station sale to report here on the Y'all Show. Are you ready for this? WKRP in Cincinnati. No, WNAV 1430 on your AM radio dial has been sold. It has been sold by owner Pat Sajak. That's right. The Wheel of Fortune radio show host has had a radio station in Annapolis, Maryland for a number of years. WNAV AM 1430. And he has now sold it, this station that he has owned for more than 20 years. He sold it to a pair of Maryland investors. And I think the asking price for WNAV was $1,000. That's what he sold it for. WNAV's call letters are from the United States Naval Academy being located there in Maryland State Capitol. And WNAV is the flagship station for Navy men's and women's lacrosse and basketball games, and Navy midshipman baseball. And the man, one of the people that bought this thing was a man named Chris Roth, who is a veteran radio broadcaster, and he worked at the station, I think, in the past. The sale requires FCC approval, which usually takes 60 days. Buying the radio station itself for a mere $1,000 seems like a bargain, but they have to relocate. Yikes. And it is on land Sajak owns on Admiral Drive in Annapolis, which Sajak is selling. Sajak is offering to help Roth and Brady with the relocation with up to $100,000 to help with the move and new lease. They intend to keep WNAV up and going. It's been really tough in the last 10, 15 years for radio stations, period, to stay afloat but especially AM radio stations. Many of them have gone under in the last decade. Hopefully WNAV, thanks to Pat Sajak, selling this for a very affordable price to this group, will keep AM 1430 on the air. WNAV in Annapolis has been in the same building since it first went on the air in 1949. The current station's got about two dozen full and part-time employees. But according to reports, there are going to be layoffs. Hmm. It's not good to know. That is not good to know. WNAV's format of oldies music, local news, traffic, talk shows, and sports is eclectic, according to reports. And did you realize that Pat Sajak owned this radio station? Sajak and his wife, Leslie Brown, own a home in Severna Park and have been big Annapolis area philanthropists. I guess He's in Annapolis more than I thought he would be in California. I'm actually impressed with the former Nashvilleian Pat Sajak making some news in the South. 
by being a now form, former, if the FCC approves it, a former radio station owner. All right, one last story to tell you about with all the madness that we've seen in recent days about Superman and what's going on with, uh, what is it, a bisexual character in one of these cartoons. How about this story out? DC Comics is going to change Superman's motto. Yeah, that's unfortunately the world we live in. At a DC Fandome event over the weekend, DC Comics officially announced that Superman's longtime motto, Truth, Justice, and the American Way, well, that's got to go. And it's being updated to better reflect Superman's international storylines and appeal. So the new tagline of Superman will be truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. And this will reflect the global storylines that will be told by DC and to honor the character's incredible, incredible legacy of over 80 years of building a better world. That, according to DC Chief Creative Officer Jim Lee, as he also added, Superman has long been a symbol of hope who inspires people from around the world, and it is that optimism and hope that powers him forward with this new mission statement. DC and their blog posts further confirmed that Superman's new model would be featured in not just the comics, but across all mediums, and that includes TV, film, and video games. Yeah, according to a report in 2006 in the New York Times, Superman's truth, justice, and the American Way motto did not originate in the comics, but rather during the adventures of Superman radio series during World War II. And it was dropped by 44, but picked up again in various mediums, according to Mark Wade of DC Comics, the editor of that. DC's announcement comes only days after writer Tom Taylor announced that the latest iteration of Superman, Clark Kent's son, John Kent, was coming out as bisexual. And now they're changing the motto of Superman. What's going on with these comic strips? See, comic strips, uh, if we can't get our comic strips squared away and, and normal and uh, out of the headlines, then what are we going to do? <laughs> now, there's a lot more, more pressing things out there. But yeah, Superman changing it up, getting rid of that American way. Well, we're here on y'all. We're kind of an American thing, but we're kind of a Southern thing, if you hadn't noticed. And we're here with you Monday through Friday, bringing you plenty of great conversation about what goes on across the Southeast. And we're not done conversating. When we come back from this break, we've got to look at what's on the y'all show going forward the rest of the week. We've got some great guests. We've got some great information to be passing along to all y'all. And I'll kind of give you that little sneak peek of what's on the show going forward the rest of the week when we come right back on the show covering everything Southern. This is y'all. 803-816-1170 is our number. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. 
Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. All right, final segment as we wrap up a week, or wrap up a week debut of the show covering everything Southern. YALL.com is our website, and that's on there flirting with the disaster. Man, I avoided disaster. If you don't mind, let me share a little antidote from this past weekend. So I was at a friend's house Saturday evening, had a great time, and these friends I was with, a couple, had two dogs, one of which they'd only had a couple of days. And they were in love with their dogs, like most dog owners. They were going head over heels, especially for their new less-than-one-week rescue dog they had. And this dog did not have a collar. This dog did not have a chip because they had found the dog, and the veterinarian said they would not put a chip in it until they had had it at least a week in case somebody else claimed the dog, maybe the previous owner. At some point in the night, someone was not paying attention, and a gate was open, and this dog escaped. It escaped. And the couple I was with absolutely broke out in tears and spent hours looking. I helped out. Others helped out. We had flashlights out going through a neighborhood, going down streets, just looking everywhere for this dog that was named Cyan. And we looked and looked and looked, and finally... After about two hours on Saturday night, the dogs were called off, you could say. And we went to bed and hoped that maybe at some point in the night, the dog would have come back home as they had left a trail of dog food coming off their porch out to the street. And then I think the woman that I was with there at their house, I think she stayed out on the porch in case the dog came back during the middle of the night. Sunday comes, the dog's not back. They go driving around for a couple of hours, no luck at all. And they're right beside a very busy U.S. highway. And you just kind of thought at any point you're going to run up on this dog and then it had met its maker. Lo and behold, while they're out looking on Sunday for that dog, they get a call that the dog had been turned in to the authorities and it was healthy and fine. So Cyan lives and Cyan is back with my friends and I, did not think that would happen. So they flirted with disaster there and Cyan ends up coming back. And I hope whoever her previous owner does not try to claim her in the next couple of days. And they 
And Cyan, she lives out a nice, long, healthy life with her new owners. And they keep that gate shut. Now, we all have horror stories, I know, of dogs getting out, if you've ever been a dog owner. But this was in a very populated area. And, man, I didn't see this great result happening, frankly. But it but it did. So, as uh, Tavis Smiley would say, keep the faith, y'all. I don't know if he said y'all, but he probably said keep the faith. All right, let's wrap up today with a quick look at what's ahead on the Y'all Show going forward the rest of the week. Coming up on our Tuesday Y'all Show, we'll catch you up with all the Southern sports goings on, including an update on ACC football. We also have a political report from the Southeast headed your way on our Tuesday Y'all Show, plus a little look at entertainment news and business news from across the Southeast. On our Wednesday Y'all Show, when we get together, we have a hashtag Hullabaloo report. That's where we go on social media and find great information that we share with you and pass that along. And that'll be passed along to y'all come Wednesday. Also on our middle of the week edition of the show, All About the Southeast, we will have a Southern accent on culture. We will also share with you some good stuff from our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. He also will discuss Big 12 football, plus a book report comes our way. That comes on the Wednesday Y'all Show. On the Thursday Y'all Show, we'll give you the latest in SEC sports news on our Thursday show first hour. Plus, we'll have more hashtag Hullabaloo coming up on the Thursday Y'all Show. More news on the entertainment side and a report from Nashville's Music Row coming up on the Thursday Y'all Show, plus a southern accent on business. And we'll also share with you more headlines and also coming up on the Friday Y'all Show, you don't want to miss out on the fun. We'll have our Y'all Kickoff Show to kick off hour number one. A look at the weekend's battles across the pigskins, the pigskin paradises, if you will, of college football. That's going to be our first hour. Included in that is General Gridiron, Field Marshal of Football Foretelling. That's going to be there. Plus, we'll hear some coaches from across the Southeast talking about the weekend's big matchups. That's hour one, all college football talk. Hour two includes our Craig Faulkner fishing forecast as we'll find out what's going on on the hunting grounds and fishing holes of the South with Craig Faulkner. We also have in our Friday show, the Friday free for y'all, some great fun and music history that we pass along there. A look at new movies hitting theaters on this weekend. Plus we'll share with you a listing of festivals and events across the Southeast coming up this coming weekend. All that, again, is headed your way when the Y'all Show convenes throughout the rest of the week. 803-816-1170 is how you can get in touch with the show about the South. We'd love to hear from you. I'm John Rawl signing off. We'll see you back here Tuesday for more of the show that's called The Y'all Show. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free.
That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com.